Deplorable Nation, a podcast where your voices can be heard, where things that affect you and your family are important, because it's important to all of us. Every one of us matters and everybody has a voice. We're going to be bringing you news, current events, and throw in a lot of humor, and then you decide for yourself. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. And real quick, let's start this out again before we get our lovely guest on here for today. Make sure you go to MyPillow.com, use promo code Janet. You can save up to 66% off of your order. You can also use my 800 number, which is 800-976-1152. You're helping out the show and you're helping out a Patriot-owned business. Also, make sure you go to freedomshopdirectory.com. Check out all of the vendors that they have on there in the Patriot-owned businesses set up by the lovely Jackie. Um, Fantastic opportunity. Also, if you own a Patriot-owned business, to put your business on there as well. Get your name out there to where people can shop and support uh, by American for American people. Also go to campfireblend.com, support my girl Shannon and all of the wonderful coffee products that she has, as well as the B-Town Rub Down Whiskey Coffee Neat Rub. So anyway, that's the business for today. I have a fantastic guest. He's such an amazingly nice person, and I love him to pieces. Mr. Adam from the Trust the Silenced podcast. How the hell are you, my dear? Janet, I am doing great. Just, uh, you know, another Monday and, uh, you know, starting the work week off and uh, enjoying every minute of it. How are you doing? I am fan-freaking-tabulous, my dear. Great. I'm very glad that you're joining me today. So I want you to tell everybody about your show. So what is your show? What's it all about? Okay. So my show, it's a trust the silenced. Um, it's kind of a broad range of topics. Um, you know, I like to talk about spirituality, uh, you know, conspiracy theory, uh, you know, just alternative views, uh, health and wellness, Um, you know, how to be self-sustainable, you know, kind of homesteading type of things. It's kind of a all-encompassing thing. Anything that kind of interests me, uh, you know, I'm willing to talk about. And it's, I kind of got the name, um, just because I feel like, um, a lot of people get stuck in the weeds and feel like they have to follow us, you know, like certain talking heads think is what you need. And I always say, you know, there's alternative views for everything. You don't have to you know, follow the, the, you know, the yellow brick road, let's say you can veer off it and beat your own path, you know, question everything. And if you think that what they're saying is true and that's fine, but you know, you should always be able to question things. So, and I always feel like people are getting silent. So I kind of came up with the name, trust the silence that way. 
See, and I love that. And I love what you said, because that's what I like to focus on in my show is getting other people's voices out there um, that aren't mainstream that, you know, because everybody does have an opinion. Everybody has thoughts on things and everybody has interesting stories or perspectives on life to bring to the table. So you don't always have to go to those mainstream shows, you know, for information. You can get it from other people. And I love that. I love having those conversations. I do too. And I think, you know, that's one of the biggest benefits of, you know, the the podcast world is there's so many voices out there that you can question Mm -hmm. what's going on. And I feel also a lot that like what is pushed to you by the mainstream is not necessarily what is good for you. I think it's the special interests that come with that. You know, they have ulterior motives. It's not, you know, that their words, the gospel it's, you know, they, they have a bottom nut they're trying to meet and the way they're meeting that is with ads and with special interests. It goes from, you know, I don't care if we're talking the news or even, you know, your politicians, everybody. I mean, that's why I feel like if you can go and get it from another source or just, you know, hear other people's experiences and bring that in and then form your opinion from that, you're going to like mature so much so that you'll have have a different, you know, way of thinking. You know, I don't really know the best way Mm -hmm. of putting it. It's just to me, since I've started questioning things more and more, um, you know, I just feel like I know myself that much better. And I think that's very important. Uh, and it's a good message for a lot of people is that the more that you learn, the better person that you become. Yes. Because it does give you that different perspective and introspection basically on your own personality and your own life and your uh, thoughts and beliefs and your ego and mm-hmm. the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's important. I do too. I so do let, too. Let me let me ask you something. Like, uh, what was it that made you decide to start your show? Oh, you know, I had been thinking about it for you know a couple years before I started to do it. And what really pushed me to starting it is I started talking to Joe from Legit Bat quite a bit. And mm-hmm. just talking to him about you know what shout it, out Legit. Oh, Bat. It's, it's it's a great show. If you're not listening to it, you you should be. But uh, he, I mean, he kind of gave me the push to do it without actually like saying, hey, you need to do this. Like he was just kind of helpful as far as, you know, what I needed to do to get it going. If I had any, you know, questions on what to do, he was always more than helpful to do it. And so it just kind of gave me that final push. But I always kind of, you know, for the past couple of years wanted to do it. I just didn't know like exactly how to do it. And so finally it just kind of jumped in and, and went for it. And what really brought me, uh, you know, down this path. I mean, it's it's been years and years of, of me, you know, questioning things. But over the past three, four years, I've really started to question things a lot more. And, um, you know, just listening to more and more podcasts really is what, what brought me to this and led me to reading, you know, different books that I wouldn't have read before. I've, I've always been a big fan of reading, um, but mm-hmm. I was pretty like stuck with certain types of books and certain narratives. Um, and then, so I kind of started to, veer off of those narratives and looking for a broader range of, you know, what, what is it that we live on? You know, what, you know, what, what is life, you know? Right. And I think, 
you know, it's so interesting because you and I have have talked a little bit about it before. But how recent would you say that your um, questioning has been? Oh, um, are we talking like publicly or questioning like in my mind when they start questioning things? <laughs> Both. <laughs> so in my mind, it was probably like four or five years ago is when I really started questioning things. Um, I'm 37 now. So when I like, I would say I started questioning things a little bit, like around 28 to 30, you know, I started questioning a little bit. And then from 30 to 35, I started questioning even more. And then from about 35 to now is when I've been a lot more uh, vocal publicly, not just with on, you know, talking to people online, but just in my community and people I work with. And just trying to, you know, get the message out there that, you know, maybe there's a different way of doing things. And uh, so I mean, it's been a slow roll, really. Um, I mean, I've had buddies that, you know, were pushing me to, to look into things before that. And I was kind of stubborn. For, for a very long time. And then I finally was like, you know what? They may they have a point. And that just kind of sent me down the rabbit hole, really. So you said, get out of here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that can't be right. What are you talking about? That's not what they tell you. <laughs> you cr- you crank for Oh, yeah. So, um, so was there a certain event or anything that um, happened? Or was it like a, a culmination of It a was lot kind of, of a combination of things. I mean, there was a, like... A few things that really stick out to me are, I mean, it's kind of, one of them is a kind of a regional thing as far as where I live in Northern California. Um, I believe it was a 2018. There was a pretty big fire in uh, the area around the area where I live and uh, the campfire, I don't know, if, in Paradise, California. And um, when that happened, it was uh, one of those things that just didn't really add up to me with what the narrative was on what they were saying was what happened, you know, that it was, it was all pg and fault because a power line right. went down. Um, so I started mm-hmm. and I had one of my, my closest friends, he was like sending me videos of, of like crazy shit, like people's houses pretty much just exploding or trees exploding. And, and uh, so I started looking into it more and I went down the path of, Oh, is this a direct energy weapon? Or another thing right. I thought about was, uh, like the smart meters we have on our homes with PG&E in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it's not just PG&E. It's any kind of electrical power company have all these smart meters now. And how right. are those were a possibility of where they could just ignite that person's home on that power grid. You know, it doesn't have to be a kind of just flip the switch and that could send that meter into a, a frenzy and end up, you know, causing a fire or exploding or, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that I started questioning a lot of stuff. Um, that was one, you know, the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing was one, um, you know, the, the, the 2016 election was another one as far as on the democratic mm-hmm. side. I, I didn't vote. I, mean, I voted in that election. I, I didn't vote Democrat, but um, now I don't, I, I don't think I'll ever vote in a, uh, national election ever again, maybe local, but that's about it. And then from there that's on, I just started says. waking up to all sorts of shit that, um, you know, previously I probably would have been like, that can't be true. You're just crazy. Like nine 11 was another big one that I look back at now. And I'm like, how the hell did I not see this before? You know, how did I not right. notice this? Cause I mean, I was like 16 or 17 when that happened. So I was old enough to, you know, remember everything, but it was spun in a way to where you, it makes you like, oh, well, we have to go to war 
to, we have to go to Afghanistan. We have to go to Iraq. And it's like, well, really, what does Iraq have to do with this? You look back at it now and it's like all this money and all this debt that's occurred because of that. And it has only benefited these small group of people, you know? Right. That's very true. And, you know, they've done that throughout history where they fund both sides and then line the pockets of the politicians. Yes. You know, and it's a it's a commonplace thing. And I just want to say thank you for bringing up the smart meters, because that is another reason why I hate technology. Yes. Because the smart meters, smart phones, smart TVs, <clears throat> That is just another more intrusive way to get even further dug into your life. Correct. Um, you even have the, um, I can't remember what they're called, the smart things that you put in the car for your quote insurance company. Yes. Where they can monitor your speed and they can monitor like uh, the activity that's going on in your car and stuff. Um, hell no. Yeah. For just to get Stay a better out rate. of my fucking yeah, life. Yeah. An- yeah. Another one that, um, I really kicked myself in the ass for doing now is the whole 23 and me thing. I was like, when that first oh. got rolled out, I was like, Oh, I got to do this. I want to know, you know, all my ancestry, like exactly what I came from. And it was interesting, but you look back at it now and how that was just used to harvest of everybody's DNA. It's like, right? you're like God right. damn it. Why was I such a fool? You know? And it's it, it's one of those things you're just going along with the norm. It's so funny that all of that has kept come out now because yes. I have literally talked about that for years. And I started <clears throat> like on Periscopes with Bob, like talking about that and talking about how Bill Gates was involved in, you know, the DNA collection for these specific places and how the Google family's involved. You've got Eco Health Alliance involved. And it's, they've literally talked about it for years. And people kept going, oh, psh, you don't have any proof of that. You're just making stuff up. And I'm like, really now? Yeah. Now, now you're vindicated. Coming out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that works. It's it's like one of those memes. Uh, what is it? It's what's the difference between conspiracy theory and truth? And then the answer is like, it's six months, you know? And that's even yeah, like exactly. now, it used to be a little bit longer to roll out, but you look at like what, you know, what they consider conspiracy theory and the rollout of it. It's like a lot of that stuff comes true, you know? And it's kind of, but it keeps on getting right. like thrown under the rug. Like, oh, these are just crazy people, which in actuality, it's like, no, these are the people that are actually like looking in the shit and doing what, the mainstream media should be doing, you know, giving you, but it, that's not right. Their actual jobs. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's unreal. You know what you really get paid to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely not shocking all. Yeah. And it's, I mean, so I want to talk to you about something today <clears throat> that I have not covered on my show before. Uh, I want to talk to you about farming. Okay. I, I, I'm, Are you know okay me. With that? I'm, I'm game with that topic for sure. Okay, that's perfect. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is I know you raise chickens. Mm -hmm. um, And a lot of people out there talking about raising chickens now, things like that um, for self sustainability. But I want to know, like, how much research went into that from the get go? Oh, I mean, it's still like I still do quite a bit of research, um, but initially to get into it, um, you know, maybe for the just the chickens, I would say you could probably get by with a couple months of researching 
but it depends on like, are you, if you're going to build your own coop, um, you know, what, how many birds do you, how big a space do you have? How many birds do you want? I mean, it just all depends on how in depth you want to go. I mean, you could just shotgun it and just get birds and learn on the fly really easy with, cause that's one good thing about YouTube, which I hate to say, but they're, they're like, do it yourself <laughs> stuff is really helpful. And they have a ton of stuff on like chickens and what to look for, what to feed them. If you want to ferment your feed, if you want to build a coop, um, also, I mean, any topic you want to think of, they have it on chickens. And so I, I definitely use that as like, if I have any questions, like if a chicken comes up with some kind of illness or sickness, I haven't noticed before, um, I'll go on there and kind of type in what the symptoms and usually something pops up. But, uh, yeah, my initial, like from starting to think about getting chickens to get them, I would say I did probably like two to four months of research. So nothing super crazy. Well, and, you know, I think about this all the time because like even with any kind of animal, like, you know, whether it's horses or dogs or, you know, whatever, <clears throat> there's always different breeds and each breed comes with its own, you know, set of illnesses that they're, that's common to them mm -hmm. or whatever. But I always wondered, like, because I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, wanting to raise chickens and stuff. And I thought, well, like, I, I don't know where I would start. Yeah. Um, like how much property you need, how much space you need. If there's certain breeds that you can't have around other breeds. I mean, that would make me absolutely crazy because I, I feel like it would be another never ending topic for me. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's constant <laughs> learning to be honest with like, um, as far as them getting along, I mean, all chickens, when you introduce like a new chicken to your flock, they're going to kind of reestablish a pecking order. So they're kind of, right. they're going to be kind of assholes to the new birds until those, kind of like, kind of like people. Yes. Oh, it's, it's, it's a total, it's, <laughs> it, it is a, it's a, it's own little society in itself, you know, and you watch them and they act like that. They have like, the alphas and then the, the, all the followers. And then you have the ones that are lower on the rung. Um, so it is, it's a total like, like, uh, like way of looking at high school. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> just, or just society in general, you know, and it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, but so that's, um, on, as far as them fighting it, that they usually get over it. Um, as far as, uh, concerns for people, if you live in town, you obviously probably don't want to get roosters because your neighbors are going to hate your guts because they start going <laughs> off. Like I have two roosters and luckily I live out in the country. So I, it doesn't really bother my neighbors, but they start, you know, calling off like about three thirty or four in the morning. So, um, oh, that's, no, that's would... one thing to think about. Um, another thing is there's certain breeds that are better egg layers than others. So you have to start thinking, do you want them strictly just for egg production or do you want a cool looking bird or, you know, what exactly are you looking for? And I, I just want to warn people now, if you're going to get into chickens, uh, you're going to set a number that you want to begin with. And that number you set in about six months to a year is going to go right out the window and you're going to have more birds than you ever thought you were going to have. Because that's what happened to me. I had a buddy tell me, he's like, dude, you're getting chickens. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, only going to get six. I only need six. That's plenty of eggs for me, my family. You know, I can give some to friends. He's like, he's like, dude, you're going to end up with, with so many more birds than that. And he's, he, he told me about chicken math and chicken math is when you start with a certain amount and it, you just keep on adding to that flock. 
and they call that chicken math. And I kid you not, after about a year of having them, <laughs> I had over 30 birds. So uh, it, it, it spirals hey, out of control fast. <laughs> that's the kind of math I can get behind. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't confuse that with Common Core. Just yeah. chicken math is easier. <laughs> Common Core does not teach chicken math, by the way. <laughs> that's, it would probably be a lot easier for the kids to learn. Yes, yes. So, how did you like how did you decide like you you're gonna start out six? Um you know, that was just a number where I said, okay, well I would eat probably two to three eggs a day and that way I could have enough for myself and then the excess eggs that I got I would be able to give them to family and friends and coworkers and whatnot. And um uh, it definitely would have been plenty if you know uh people were willing to wait for eggs and they were but um i'd kept on enjoying you know the whole thing of having chickens and i started looking at other breeds and i just kind of started spiraling spiraling out of control and before you knew it i had uh 30 birds so <laughs> it's kind of just the way it goes so this may sound like a really retarded question but how many eggs do they lay like at a time, um, like each one of the chickens? So every breed's a little different. Uh, as a general rule, uh, depending on the time of the year, like in your from about spring till early to mid fall, you're going to get maybe an egg, like five eggs a week, maybe to, maybe to seven eggs a week, depending on the bird. And then in the winter months, when you don't have as much daylight, you're going to get uh, less amount. So uh, like right now, I'm only getting like eight eggs a day out of all my birds because they slow down because it's all about all, uh, daylight. So the less daylight they have, the less they lay. So it just kind of depends on the bird, really, the breed. Like there's some breeds that are gu you'll guarantee you're going to lay an egg a day. Um, and then there's other breeds where you might get like 280 eggs a year. So it just, it just kind of depends on the breed, really. But they only lay one egg at a time. Like, so one egg a day is the, you won't have a chicken that lays two eggs a day. I cannot imagine no, giving no. birth to an egg every single day. No, no. I mean, <laughs> hell no. And sometimes like that, I've had them where uh, at least there's a certain breed that it's called a, a leghorn, a white leghorn. And um, it, I've had this one hen where she lays an egg so big at times that she can't even sit down to lay it. She has to stand up to lay the egg. And I've seen her do it. And they're usually double yoked eggs, but I'm like, I'm watching her do it. And I'm like, holy crap, that just looks miserable. Like, I don't know how you can survive doing that over and over again. Me neither. That would be. It's almost like torture. So, yeah. It's like the <laughs> miracle of nature though, because, you know, giving birth is, is quite the miracle on its own. Yes. Yes. But I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there picturing in my head this chicken and how miserable that has to be and uncomfortable and then you're like oh my god well then i have to do it all over again tomorrow yes i know it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy but hey i enjoy it because i like eggs and i like giving them to people so you know that i and, like and, eggs too yeah yeah and there's nothing like uh, like once you go to ha like having your own eggs you it's hard to go back to store-bought it's just not the same anymore Right. Right. So how do you, how did you know, like how much 
like how big you needed to make the coop or how much area you had to set aside for the chickens? So I kind of went on like, um, like forums online and got like picked people's brains on how big of a coop area they have for their birds. And kind of as a general rule, you want, I believe like a, a foot by foot or two feet by two feet space for each bird in your coop area. But that's kind of just a general rule. You can get by with less space um, if you have an area for them to roam around at. Like for me, like I said, I live out in the country. So where I have them cooped up at, like in the evenings where they sleep, is I have them in a, like an eight by eight um, chicken coop that I built. But I also like, and during the day, I open up my gate and I just let them free range in my orchard and, you know, everywhere they want to go. So they have endless space. But as a general rule, you probably want like a, like two feet by two feet per bird, I would say, if you can do it, but they can get by on less space. So how many different kinds do you have? Mm, I probably have, let me think here. I'd say like six to eight different species off the top of my head. And they're all different. You know, I have, I mean, they're all different types of birds, but they're all egg layers. I don't have any, any meat birds at this time. Uh, That's one of my ventures I'm going to go on uh, this spring is I'm going to do meat birds and then turkeys as well. (gasps) I would love to have turkeys. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I I will. I'm going to do like, like probably like six to a dozen, I think. And then that way, I'll have them in time for Thanksgiving. I can give them to people. I'll have, you know, a couple for myself. And uh, it's just, you know, something something new. I like to stay busy doing that kind of stuff because I find it fun. So this is going to sound terrible maybe. But um, so if you decide you're going to do the meat birds, yes. um, are you okay with like killing them and like, stripping the feathers and all that yourself yes. or would you have somebody do no, that? I would do it myself. Uh, I'm pretty desensitized to like the, like killing of livestock because I grew up doing, you know, FFA and 4-H and all that. So I always raised animals and I've always been a big hunter. So I don't have, like I can, I can detach from like something being my pet and something being that uh, something I'm going to mm-hmm. consume for, you know, nutrition. So I don't, I don't have a problem with stuff like that. Right. I know some people um, would have a problem and they'd send it off to get processed, but I kind of feel like that's, that's just part of, of life, you know, um, experience. Yes. The experience. Yeah. And it makes you more grateful for that meat. Like I always tell people that with like hunting, especially I am always so much right. more grateful for the animal that I have killed that I get to consume than the animal I get from, you know, a grocery store or something. It's, you have a different, um, different way of thinking after, you know, something like that. You're, you're just more thankful, you know, and you try to use more of that meat than, than being wasteful. You know, you, you know, that, that you saw that animal and you just know. Right. hundred percent. And I think you're onto something with the, with the waste. Yes. We just watched like a, a show not too long ago where <clears throat> this couple decided that they were going to um, <clears throat> not buy groceries for, I don't know, it was like six months or something like that. So they had to go uh, like dumpster diving or, you know, a lot of times like the grocery stores will just throw away 
eggs that are cracked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so they would go pick out like all of these things or whatnot, or there was like cases of chocolate they would pick up or things like that, that, you know, wasn't labeled correctly or, you know, whatever the case may be. And so they, they ended up finding like this tons and tons of cases of chocolate. That's what they gave out for Halloween. They didn't have to buy candy or anything like that, but they, literally bought no groceries they used everything that they found yes because they didn't want to have all that waste anymore yeah and i think like in western society we have been raised to be super wasteful with stuff and um like you go to the like grocery stores let's say like in your produce they will throw out any kind of produce that doesn't look you know like super or a certain shape and it's nothing, there's not that there's anything right. wrong with that, you know, vegetable or fruit, but other than it just doesn't look right and they don't want to put it out. So it just goes into a bin that they end up throwing away. And that's just one aspect. Right. And I feel like a lot of people, like from what they buy at the grocery store to what they consume and how much waste there is in between is unreal. And um, I think that's another part of being desensitized to where your food comes from is you don't really right. have I agree. that. Like, you're like, oh, there's always more of it. I can just go buy it at the grocery store. You know, I can always get more. And I think people are starting to realize that more and more now that, uh, you know, the grocery stores aren't as full as they used to be. That like, oh, shit, like maybe I should start being, you know, more efficient on what I buy or maybe, I mean, that maybe that's not going to be there next time. And instead of, you know, mm-hmm. being an asshole and then buying 10 of them, and you know, just so you have it, just buy one and be happy that you have it. Cause I, I think, I don't know if you noticed this, but like when this, the whole pandemic thing first broke out, like in March of 2020 and you went to the grocery store mm-hmm. and there'd be people just buying stuff just to buy it. You know, it was just a mad frenzy. Right. And it was like, well, you don't even need that. Like the whole toilet paper thing. And like, for instance, is like, who needs that much toilet paper? You're, it's going to be, you're going to be able to get more, you know? And it was just people just being greedy. And it was, it really showed you like, how short a period of time it took for people to become unhinged on going to the grocery store and just going out of control. You know, we chuckle about things like that, even like on a smaller scale, like down here. um, If there's a threat of snow, people freak the fuck out. (laughs) Um, Right. Cause we don't have road trucks or anything down here. And so it's like, uh, we were supposed to have snow the other day and literally the grocery stores were absolutely just flooded, congested with people yeah. buying stuff. And I was like, you know, we're not even supposed to get an inch, right? It's just, and yeah. what kind of household do you live in where you don't have something at home? Yeah. Yeah. That's the that thing you can eat yes. or use. Yeah, it's just, it's, I don't get it. I think a lot of that too is brought on by when people watch the news. It's all fear based. And so you see this shit on the news and it puts you in this vibrational state of fear. And oh, I need to go get this now because it might not be there next week. So I have to, let's go get it now. And in actuality, like if you didn't watch the news, you wouldn't even know that there's anything wrong. You know, it would just, you'd just be living your exactly. life, you know, every day as you had been the day before. And so I think that is another thing like people need to, to push away from 
watching the the you know mainstream news so much because it is all fear based. They, there's a reason they say if it bleeds, it leads. You know, right? And that's very true. And I think um, if people took the focus off of that because it's so negative all the time, it's literally you know all these stories about how you're going to die or you're going to infect everybody or, you know, whatever, not just that, but like we quit watching any kind of local news um, a long time ago because it was all like uh, shootings and, you know, all this, all this negative, just horrible stuff. And when you take your focus off of that and just focus on freaking living your life every day, Mm -hmm. you're so much happier. Yes. Yes. You don't have all that, like, you know, panic and fear. That's just like a drum beat into your head literally every day. Yes. It's so much more peaceful. Well, I think it makes you realize that you can get by with a lot simpler way of living. You know, you don't need all the bells and whistles and all this shit that like all the materialist. And I, I mean, I say this all the time. It's, the materialistic shit you can do without, you know, and that's all it takes is for Agreed. you to have to, be, to do without it for a certain period of time. And you're going to break yourself of that habit. I mean, that's, that's just how Agreed. it is. You know, and I had this discussion yesterday uh, with another uh, friend from California that uh, I recently met wonderful person. And we were talking about clothing and how much, waste people have in their closets oh yes you literally don't need that much shit you don't need that many pairs of shoes or you know whatever like how often do you go through your stuff and the thing to me that i'm trying to get set up at the church we started going to is setting up a clothes closet People can bring their, you know, donations in for the less fortunate members of the church that, you know, uh, need to go for a job interview that don't Mm -hmm. have a suit or don't have a dress or, you know, whatever the case may be and put it to good use or hell, if you're crafty, make fucking blankets out of your old clothes that you never wear. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I mean, and you can't do that. Like (laughs) I remember... When my mom, like when I was a little kid, I remember my mom taking all my old jeans and making like quilts out of them just because she was, you know, just where yep. she'd like to reuse shit and not like we, yep. we actually like needed the blankets, but it was just something that she enjoyed doing. And, and, uh, you yeah, know, so you can absolutely. reuse a lot of stuff and like, um, and I think, you're like, creating, yes, you're I- creating something and really like how much, like how many different items of clothing do you actually wear? Like on a weekly basis, a lot of people are pretty much wearing the exact same things every same week, stuff, yep. you know, and you, then you have a yep. few, you, all your other shit in your closet or in your drawers is just shit. You either never wear or you might wear right. occasionally, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things like, why not get rid of those clothes you haven't worn in a year and give them to somebody right. or take them to, you know, to goodwill or something, or like you said, take them to yep. your church and, or, or to the homeless guy on the street. Like, Hey man, you know, here's, here's a jacket right. or here's a pair of pants or here's a shirt. And that way you're not contributing to them with money and, you know, 
saying, all right, here's money, go spend it on mm -hmm. alcohol or drugs, or hopefully if they're smart food, but you're giving them something, right. an item, you know, that they're going to be appreciative right. for, or, or not all of them, but you know, there's going to be quite a few of them right. that are going to be appreciative of that, you know? And I just think that that's and one of those I, things I'm too. Not... Go for it, Janet. I was just going to say repurposing stuff is, you know, a fantastic idea. And like, um, even for people that have like old, uh, pots and pans that they don't use anymore, uh, mm -hmm. donate them. Or if you get into soap making, candle making, uh, anything like that, then you have yes. your specific pots and pans to use just for stuff like that. Yes. You know, yes. It's all designated for think that smart specific about thing. the things yes. that you have. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I agree. Or, 100%. you know, I, I just think it's a smart idea to like go through and thin out and get rid of waste, get rid of things that you don't use. If you are irritated about dusting around items that you have in your household mm -hmm. and it irritates you, get, get rid of the items. Yes. Simplify yeah. things. Correct. Yeah. You don't need all this excess stuff, you know, and I don't know what, what like brought society to this point to where we needed all these material things. I don't know if it's or like just gluttonous. Yes. And it's, I, I don't know if it was solely based on the invention of like television and the radio and this advertisement or, you know, what mm -hmm. makes it like, why is it that it makes people feel so good? to buy shit and it's just a quick fix. Like, well, I don't, I've, I've just never really understood that. Like why it's makes people feel so good to buy stuff, you know? And I, I'm, I'm, I've been guilty either. of that same thing too, where it's like, Oh, I want that new thing. I need, you know, I want to get this. I want to get this. And then, but when you get it, you like, it's only grat It's only gratification for a short period of time, you know? Right. And before you right. know it, you're like, Oh shit. You know, I'm not really that happy again. I got to buy something else instead of like working on yourself and making yourself feel better and realizing why you're not happy. You just go and buy more shit. You know, the funny thing is um, like we buy new stuff every once in a while, but it is like <clears throat> guns that are at the bottom of the lake. <clears throat> <laughs> Or things for hunting. Yes. You know, stuff like that that is useful. Practical. Um, mm -hmm. and or 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 like um things that you can use on your property as far as like um like if you're gonna buy a machete one that's got like a saw blade on it, so uh you can hack down brush or you can cut down trees or whatever, or use that uh for hunting. Yes. Yes. You know, oh, Multi-purpose items. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that. I mean, so that's the that's the kind of stuff we're into. Like, I'm not. I'm not a shopper. Mm -hmm. I'm not into uh, shoes and purses and you know stuff like that. I really could give a shit less. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the same way. Like, I like to buy practical stuff now, and I try to only buy that, you know, I mean, of course you're going to have to buy some, yep. some, some other things, you know, it's just the way it goes, but it's being able to minimize that, you know, if you can. Oh, I did invest in snow pants. 
um, because it's been pretty cold the last two winters. So, yeah. and I like to sit outside a lot. So, yeah, I have snow pants. Yeah, cool. It's practical yeah. though. That's a practical thing to have. <laughs> you know, you're gonna need that stuff. Exactly. Yep. Especially if we all end up losing our homes and have to live out in the woods. Yeah, I want to be warm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're. That's the thing. You can always shed clothes. You can't. You know. You're not always going to be able to put more and more on. You know, if you're out in the wilderness, right. like people always say, oh, you can always put more clothes. I'm like, not necessarily. What if you don't have them? You know, uh-huh. how are you going to put more on? Exactly. So, I mean. So let's talk about actual farming because I know that you farm. Mm-hmm. So I have some questions about that. Um, you told me before that you're like a generational farmer. Yes. So this is something that you guys have always done in your family. Correct. Yeah. From, I'm right. a fourth generation. Yeah. So I know a lot of people don't understand, but there is a lot involved in farming. Yes. Yes. Is there not? Like as I, yeah, far I agree. as, you know, like uh so uh, the proper soil and the uh, knowing the proper amount of water and knowing how to fix your own equipment and you know all of that stuff and this is going to sound like a dumb question maybe um but did you i know there's a lot of farms that are very um i guess advanced technology wise mm-hmm. yes. so did you have to go to school to get a, a farming under your belt or is it something that you just learned that was handed down? You know, for me, it was something that I just learned that was handed down. I'm, I'm a total like visual learner and um, I need to do stuff like to, to learn how to do something. I need to do it. So there are people who go right. to school that get like ag business or ag science or ag um, engineering degrees. Right. But for myself, uh, I, uh, needed to be like hands on in doing it. Now uh, there is like, I think there's so much more technology in farming now than there was when I, like when I was a kid, it's everything is all computerized right. now or a lot of stuff is computerized. So you d- do need to have somewhat of a, you know, a, like a, a little bit tech savvy, but not super tech savvy. Cause I am, I mean, I know the bare minimum of tech just to get by. And, um, Mm-hmm. So it just kind of depends on, on the person. Like you can have people who, who, like I said, can go to school for it. But I think the majority of people who farm, it's one of those things that you need to get out there and do yourself and see how it's done. Right. Right. And, you know, I know with the agriculture degrees and all that stuff that, you know, people go to school for, I have to wonder if a lot of that is not um, indoctrination teaching, kind of like the medical industry mm-hmm. is, yes, and the degrees for that, even you know, I wonder if like you don't have people from you know like Monsanto or whatever that are writing the curriculum or heavily involved in the curriculum. Yes, um, I think uh, that's a hundred percent. You're correct because especially with like farming now it's so much monoculture oriented which is where people are just growing one certain crop um so let's say you're in the midwest and you grow just corn or just soy 
or you're from California where I am and you grow either just rice or you just have, uh, you know, almond trees or almond trees, however people want to say it, um, walnuts, and you're just doing one crop. And when you do that, you are diminishing your soil. So you're having to reapply nutrients to that soil. And the way they teach you now to do that is you do that with chemicals. And how do you get those chemicals? You get those through your ag chemical countries like Monsanto or Dow or, you know, name, you know, Simplot. There's a ton of different ones. So it's inevitable if you're in a school setting, you're going to be indoctrinated on, uh, you know, who's paying that bill to get that that stuff out there. So I think you're 100% correct that. That's a big push. I mean, there are, um, you know, programs in colleges that push regenerative farming or crop rotation, which I think is the way to go. Um, but I think those are few and far explain between. Explain to people what, explain what that is. So regenerative would be, um, you'd use the ground you're working on or farming to benefit you and replenish your soil on its own. So let's say you're that farmer in, you know, the Midwest that's growing corn so that you grow corn for one year and that next year you're going to put another crop in there that's going to replenish your soil instead of having to put in the chemicals to bring up your, let's say, nitrogen, you'll put in a crop like, let's say, purple vetch or, uh, you know, you'll grow a bean or something like that, because it's going to bring your soil, your nitrogen levels back up. So it just depends on what your soil needs, what you would use to regenerate that soil. So it's just a different way. It's more of an old school way of what they used to do when growing crops. They'd rotate crops in and out that would benefit that ground to replenish so they didn't have to spend the money on the chemicals. Because these chemicals that they have now are so expensive that um, the they they kind of put farmers under over a barrel as far as if you have a, like a crop failure one year, you're going to be out so much money. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to have to either take out another huge loan to be able to keep your land. Or if you've reached a point where you can't take out more loans, you're probably going to have to sell off some of your land, which the conspiratorial part of my brain thinks that's kind of what the agenda is, is they want you to have to sell your land because they want to. Well, yeah. So they can, so they could sell it to BlackRock, Bill Gates, yes. or China, because yes. that's who's buying up all the land these days. Yes, yes. And it's just, I think so, we'd be beneficial for humanity if we could do now just all regenerative farming. Now, personally, like for what I do for work, I do monoculture farming, but what I do in my personal life, I do regenerative. So uh, it's definitely one of those things that I'm torn between just because what pays the bills right now compared to what my mindset is, but um, that's right. just kind of the way it goes, you know, and eventually I would like to where it's just completely regenerative. And I think I will be there one day, but you know, who knows how long that's going to take. So here's a, here's a question. Um, and I, and maybe I just can't wrap my brain around why, but if you are a farmer and you own a bunch of land, why would you not rotate your crops, do the regenerative farming? Uh, because to me, it would seem like your crops would be healthier 
if they're coming out of uh, nutrient-rich soil, then they would be coming out of highly uh, chemicalized soil. So why would you not want to do that? I think the easiest way to explain that it's greed. Um, now, by what I when I say that, I mean it's because there's certain crops that are going to bring more money in for you than others. So a lot of these, like let's say you have you live in an area where you have um, where like rice grows really well or corn grows really well and your yields are super high and you're getting top dollar premium for your crops. Uh, and the next year when you should be rotating it out, the crop that you would put in isn't necessarily a crop that grows the greatest and is not going to bring you the most revenue in your area. And so I think that is a big contributing factor to why there isn't crop rotation more. It's, it's, it's solely on greed. Um, I think another one is that it's just been kind of like bred out of like the new age farmer to do regenerative and to just get the chemicals and like all every farmer, right. I wouldn't say every, but a majority of farmers have a PCA, which is a guy who is pretty much a sales rep for a chemical company. And they come out and check your crops right. and they say, Oh, you have a deficiency in this. This is the chemical that you need to replenish this. And I can get you this chemical for this, you know, rate. And then, instead of doing your own research at the easy, you know, they take the easy route and they just buy that chemical from that rep, you know? So they're all, I mean, they, they, these PCAs, they do know what they're talking about, but their bottom dollar is they need, they, they're they're salesmen and that's what they're there to do. They're there to sell you on chemicals. Right. And I I think a lot of that too, with sales, I don't mean this to be offensive to anyone that does sales, but there are a lot of snakes in the sales uh, field. And so I can see a lot of them selling you stuff that you don't really need because yes. the more they sell, the more money they make because I'm sure they work on commission. Yes. Yes. No, that, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's the whole true. thing with sales. Yeah. The whole thing with sales is that, I mean, that's it. That's craziness. So do you know how to fix like your own equipment that's on the farm? You know, I know I, I can, I, I am not the greatest with like a, with a mechanics. I know the bare minimum to get by, to get something running. But um, like, there's a lot of guys that I work with that are top notch mechanics that that's the kind of their forte. And that's what they like to do. Uh, mine is my forte is more of the the growing aspect and getting things you know to grow and move move along and water management and stuff like that. So I know you know how to how to wrench on stuff, but it's not something that I do all the time. <laughs> That's not something I would want to do all no. the time. <laughs> no, me neither. Me neither. So, do you think that? <clears throat> a lot of farmers who don't do crop rotation and stuff kind of like um, I'm going to say fuck themselves or shot themselves in the foot to where they are dependent on these, you know, chemicals for the soil and, you know, dependent on these reps to like f- fix basically kind of like the drug industry, like sell you more and more and more and more and more. 
Yes, I do. I do you think they screwed themselves? I do. Yeah. I think a lot of farmers, I mean, there's um, like a small farms are definitely dwindling out. It's getting more and more to the point where it's just, you know, big corporation farmers or hedge funds mm-hmm. that buy up land and then have that farmer who they, whose property they bought, uh, they, they'll, you know, have, have that person run it for them. But uh, I think a lot of guys have shot themselves in the foot with getting out over their skis and taking on too much. And it's, it's, you see it now, like, especially like where I am, it used to be all small time farmers. You know, you had guys who had been the, their farms been in their families for generations and they, the cost of things got so expensive for them. They couldn't afford to keep it going and had to sell out to, you know, other bigger farms or corporations. And another thing is like with like, you know, the inheritance tax, um, a lot of people when, you know, let's let's say somebody's father dies and they, they own that farm, they can't afford to pay the, you know, the fees of what, what what they're going to get hit by when that, their parents die. So they end up having to sell that farm. So I think a lot of it is, you know, like I said, geared towards, you know, where you have a small set group of people that are in control of all your food. You know, I think that is kind of the major Mm -hmm. plan and it's kind of been a slow rollout as far as, you know, how that's gone. And, um, you know, hopefully people will get used to, you know, having, smaller, you know, like buy, if you can buy property and start growing your own vegetables and being self-efficient as you possibly can. But I think it's so ingrained in people now that they can just go to the grocery store. It's, it's hard for people to do that. Yeah. And I think you're a hundred percent right about that. Now I would, um, like I've always planted vegetables, but where we live now, it is very difficult to do because ooh, we got a lot, a lot of wildlife here. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of wildlife, and, and they and want so to eat I was your, like, your okay. vegetables. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. And so I was like, okay, so I'm going to put things in rolling planters, um, so I can put them like you know in our fenced area around our pool or whatnot. So at least it'll keep like the bigger animals out of the garden. And I'm telling you what, I have never had so much fucking time, hard time trying to grow uh, vegetables and herbs as I did this summer, because it is a very different thing using planters um, or planting stuff in the ground. Yes. Yeah. Because you, the water has to be exactly right. And, you know, it's much harder. So this is the first year I can say that I actually failed miserably at growing vegetables. I think especially like if you're doing because it in plant I, planters and stuff like that, you're, you're, you can run into issues of just how like your soil might not be up to par or it might get right. root bound depending on the size of, of what you have the yes. plant in. And there's just so many more mm-hmm. factors involved and and, uh, and now is it the, like the pest that you're dealing with? Is it mostly like deer? Is that the wildlife that you have a problem with? Or is it birds? Uh, we, we have all kinds. We have ton, We have eagles. We have hawks. We have deer. We have uh, turkeys. We have coyotes. Uh, tons of rabbits. Oh, my God. I have never seen so many rabbits <laughs> in my life. 
Uh, we literally have all different kinds of birds and stuff here, but yeah, we do have um, like a lot of deer. Yeah. Is that what, what is mostly like causing a, causing the, the problems is the deer or the rabbits too, I'm sure, are eating your vegetables? Deer, deer and rabbits. Yeah. 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 Deer and rabbits are the big thing. But, you know, it was so, it was so hard because it used to be like, you know, I could just plant something in the ground and it would be fine. And then here I'm like, oh my God, like it was so difficult, like trying to figure out the, the water and the <clears throat> ratio and all of that stuff and a planter is so different. So yeah, I'm it, not a green thumb. It's just one that, well, it's just like a whole new, new, uh, like challenge for you. You know, you have to now battle with these, oh, yeah. with these, the wildlife there, you know, and it's something that you didn't have to do before. Like, I know there's ways of dealing with like deer and, and rabbits So you could do like a high fenced area or, but it's still, it's a pain in the ass. You know, you don't, you just want to be able to go out and, and deal with it and not have to battle the, the wildlife as well. Yes. It, it made, it was very challenging this year. So I'm hoping next year I'm going to do a little better. <laughs> what are you going to have? What are you going to do to do a little better? Have you thought about it? You know, I don't know. I thought about like actually digging up part of the yard in the back by the pool um, somewhere to like, um, you know, actually make the vegetable garden in the ground because mm -hmm. I love growing like all of my own stuff and all of my own, you know, herbs and, and things like that. I'm, I'm huge on that for cooking. Yes. <clears throat> but I'm like, I'm just have to figure out where to put it where it's not going to be a problem. Cause we also have a lot of poison that grows wildly around here. Like, like poison Ivy or what, what kind of uh, poison Oak poison sumac. Okay. Yeah. All just right. randomly sprouts up all over. So yeah, well, that's not fun. No, I had that last year. It was not, not pleasant at all. Have you, have you thought about doing like a window ledge, um, like herb garden, like where you can just have it like outside of your kitchen window and have like a, like a planter out there. That would be the thing though, is the birds, because we have so many, um, like flowering trees that the owners had put in before mm -hmm. that, uh, we literally have tons of different bird species here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm. So I've got to be smart about what I do, even if it's just like um, some kind of, you know, like mesh screen over them or something. So everything doesn't get eaten or torn up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's there's always something, you know, there's always something you got to battle no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yep. So let me ask you, <clears throat> since you live in a state, with um a retard <laughs> for a governor that's an understatement uh, that keeps yeah that keeps pushing and this is newsom for those of you who don't know uh gruesome newsom he keeps pushing all of these just asinine ideas regulations etc so um since he wants to do all of the screen legislation out there uh, where you're not going to be able to have gas powered equipment and all of that kind of stuff in the very, very short future. How 
is that going to affect farming? Um, I think it's definitely going to affect farming. Um, you know, I think the, the biggest thing is it's going to af- affect the, the people who have all that equipment that's, that's, you know, gas powered because, or diesel powered, because I think a lot of mm-hmm. people are going to end up going to other states to buy those products. You're going to have people going to Nevada mm-hmm. and Oregon, Arizona, and buying that stuff and bringing it back over. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely going to be a pain in the ass because you're going to have to eventually start buying these green things for, for farming. And right now they don't really have like electric powered tractors and harvesters and stuff like that. I mean, it's not even there. I haven't even seen anything at, like in the works. So I don't know exactly, you know, what they're expecting to do about that. You know, so I, I, I have a mixed bag of, of feelings about, you know, how that's going to roll out for them. I don't think it's going to to uh, really be met with open arms. And I think people are going to try to find ways around it personally. Well, yeah, because uh, what the hell are you going to do? Like create uh, solar powered tractors or uh, harvester machines or uh, watering uh, stuff or any of that kind of thing. Are you going to have uh, like electric vehicles where you have to like stop plowing your field and go plug in your electric tractor before you finish? It makes no sense to me how they could even possibly put forth this legislation and why more people are not thinking about that and how that's going to affect literally all of the products we buy. And if you think shit is expensive now, wait until those uh, things take place and you're not able to uh, do your fields anymore or whatever. And then of course there's going to be more and more uh, farmers put out of business and more farmland being gobbled up by Bill Gates and China and BlackRock because farmers aren't going to be able to afford to go out and replace all of their gas powered equipment in the first place. Yeah. I think a lot of like, I think it's definitely going to price out a lot of guys. And I think that's part of the plan. And like you said, it's definitely going to jack up the price of, of food because it's going to get pat, like what it's going to cost to grow these crops is going to jump up and they're going to pass that on to the consumer, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's a whole trickle down effect. It always happens that way. And you're right. It's weird how people don't like see that they, they don't understand that that's how, how, you know, what's going to happen. This whole green deal stuff. It's like all this, like I get it. Yeah. We have, you know, we definitely pollute the earth. We definitely do that, but I don't know necessarily with, doing carbon taxes and all the stuff that they're trying to roll out. If that's, I don't think that's going to fix it. You know, it's a bigger problem than that. Um, you know, yeah. Well, I, I'm not saying that, Oh yeah. Climate change is a hundred percent, you know, a, a false thing. I think it does happen. And I think we do, you know, have our part to play in it, but I don't think they even come close to figuring out a way to solve it. And I think it's more of a way to control people to make more money for certain people yes yes yeah and in return it can it's it's all about control you know i always tell people that that's the bottom line it's everything is about control they want to control you um 
I mean, that that's just the, the way it is as far as I see it. Yeah. And it's so funny because um, like <clears throat> all the Hollywood celebrities that go and talk about climate change and, you know, they're all over the world, you know, talking about how we're destroying the planet and all this stuff, but yet they're flying there in private jets and things like that. Okay. So then that's one argument when, when you bring it up, okay, well, but I don't have an airplane. Uh, I don't fly an airplane and, you know, so I'm not, polluting as much as you are when you are literally flying all over all the time in your, in your private jet. When you bring that up to them, their thing is, well, but I need to do this. I need, I need to my plane to travel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the farmers need their, need their tractors and other equipment to provide food for the rest of us. Because uh, if you, if farmers don't do it, who's going to do it? There's not enough people that are self-sufficient to be able to do that on their own. Exactly. So what do they think they're going to eat? Yeah. And I think that that right there is a reason enough for people to start like growing their own, at least start with growing your own vegetables or your, like you say, your own herbs, because if you're doing that, at least it's a starting point and you're going to, once you start doing that, you're going to want to start broadening like what you're doing. So you like, like, let's say you start with herbs, mm -hmm. then you're going to do, Oh, I want to do like a salsa garden. So you're going to grow tomatoes and onions and right. peppers. Oh, and that's then, me. Mm -hmm. And then yep. after that, you're going to be like, <laughs> Oh, I want to do melons or, you know, you, you just keep on broadening it. And, that, and that's why I always tell people like, if you're going to start gardening, especially don't like go into it with like, I'm going to do like this acre of garden, you know, just start out with something small, mm -hmm. something manageable that you're not going to get right. overwhelmed with. Because I think a lot of people think time consuming. Yes. They get, they get bogged down. Like yeah. I want to do all this stuff and then it's overwhelming for them. And then they just give up. So instead of doing that, right. start on a smaller scale and then work your way up to, you know, what you wanted. And um, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, and like you're saying with these, these bigger corporations, like want to us, uh, like, us people to give up our, you know, sovereignty and, you know, freedoms, but they don't want to give up theirs. You know, it's always, Oh, right. you can do this. You need to do that. It's never like, Oh, I'm going to do that. I'll give up my jet. I'll, you know, I'll give up my, my vacation home. I'll right. do, you know, it's never them. No, no, you can't question, you know, and tell them that, Oh, maybe they should give something up. It's not, you should give it up. You're the surf class and you know, you better realize right. that that's, that's their concept, you know? It's like they're, they're gigantic mansions that they live in, you know, that my, my entire house would literally fit like in one room of their mansion, you know, and it's like their expenses for heating and cooling and all of that stuff is so much higher than what your normal average person would be. But it's like no big concern for them because... They don't have to, you do. Yes. Yeah. And that just, that's not okay with me. Uh, don't tell me that I have to do something and the same doesn't apply to you. Yes. I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. It's kind of like all the politicians that, you know, chastise everyone for not wearing a mask and all of that stuff. And then, you know, then they're caught on TV 
No one's wearing one until, oopsie, we found the cameras on, so we better put it on and act like we've been wearing it the whole time. Yes. Yeah. It's, you it, know, or they go out in public without one or whatever, but yet expect you to. It's, they're all playing theater. Uh, no. Yes. Yeah. And it's only, yeah. it's a double standard. It's like, the way I see it is if you're going to preach it, you better practice it, you know, and because exactly. as soon as somebody sees you saying something and not doing that, they're never going to listen to another word you say, you know, they're going to be like, right. oh, this, this guy lied 100%. about this. Why would I listen to him about what he's saying now? You know, even if you're telling the truth, right. doing, you know, the next time people are going to be like, oh, no, fuck that. I, last time you weren't telling me the truth and I caught you not telling me the truth. So why would I listen to you now? You know? Mm-hmm. Right. So let me ask you, because um, this is a big issue of mine. Tell me about the use of GMO seeds and how you feel about that. So the use of GMO seeds is pretty much, uh, I mean, it's everywhere now in big agriculture. Uh, I think pretty much every crop that is grown in big ag has been genetically modified um, because, and it's, I mean, I, I only, you could probably, if you really tried to get some, some heirloom, uh, seeds, which would be non GMO, you know, it's more or the organic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the kind of farming mm-hmm. you do, you can get it. But I would say, you know, for the majority, every crop that is grown now has been genetically modified in some kind of lab to get to, mm-hmm. you know, a certain level. And my, thoughts on it is I don't think that it's a, you know, a very clean way of doing things because it's kind of jumping ahead of, you don't know what those GMO products are going to cause in the long run. As far as, are they going to cause people to have more cancer, other diseases, other, you know, uh, like I think a lot of autoimmune diseases are caused by, you know, GMO crops and I think, you know, mm-hmm. the more and more cancers that are coming out now, is it because people are living longer or is it because of the shit we consume? Um, so, right. uh, like when I was younger, I thought that we had to have, you know, GMO crops to feed the world. I didn't think there was any way to be able to do that without, uh, you know, having these crops that can mass produce stuff. But the older and older I get and the more I look into it, the more I realize that that's not necessarily the case, you know, people have been surviving and growing food and making do, uh, you know, well before we had all these genetically modified crops. And I just think right. that we don't truly need them. I think it's a bad thing to have. And I think it kind of leads control to all of these, uh, you know, big ag companies. Right. And, you know, um, there's a, did you ever see the, um, thing called Super Size Me from Morgan Spurlock. Yes, yes. Years ago, I watched it, yes. Okay. So he did one that we watched about chicken um, and how they were, quote, uh, like raised organic and free range and all this other uh, nonsense. And then he showed like how easy it was to skirt around um, all of that stuff from, you know, the USDA and, and getting around their regulations and, you know, the amount of hormones 
through the feed and the grain that uh, these chickens got where they grew so big, so fast that um, like their legs couldn't hold them and they would drop dead from heart attacks and whatnot just because um, of the genetically modified grains and stuff that they were being fed and how fast they were growing. And it's like they were growing at such a rapid pace. They were outgrowing their bodies. So I thought that was um, interesting when we were talking about GMO stuff and it, it makes me leery because I don't know if a lot of people know this and I'm going to cover this again on another show coming up, but um, the FDA or FDA, the U, the USDA um, and the federal government decided to make new labeling that went into effect January 1st of this year. Uh, it is for foods that have been uh, genetically modified, only they changed it because that is a uh, quote, bad term. We can't use that term now. And so now it's called bioengineered products. Um, you're going to start seeing if you haven't already round green labels on things at the grocery store um, that fall into the genetically modified category. However, reading this law, there is a lot of loopholes in it. Um, if the co companies are uh, or restaurants or, or whatnot that's putting out products. Uh, if they're under a certain size, they don't have to label anything modified. Um, if a certain percentage of the ingredients, uh, it's like listed water and, and something else first, uh, then they don't have to label anything as genetically modified. So if you go and you read that, um, read all the specifics on the, on the legislation that passed for the foods, uh, they're basically giving a huge pass to tons of places to just keep pushing through uh, modified food without people ever even knowing that it's happening. So it's kind of disgusting and disturbing, but uh, that's our federal government for you. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with they want to keep people sick. You know, I, I, I yes. truly do. And on another point of when you're talking about the, the, the whole chicken farm stuff and those chickens that were, you know, getting so big I, that those chickens are called Cornish crosses is the name of the breed. And they are genetically modified themselves to grow rapidly mm -hmm. to where you can, get them as a chick and by eight weeks mm -hmm. down the road, they are to slaughter weight, which would be probably between like eight to 12 pounds. So yeah, um, it was crazy. Yeah, And it's, I mean, so it's not only as the feed that they're eating genetically modified, those birds are genetically modified to become rapid growers, you know? So they are totally yeah. a freak of nature. You know, um, I recently saw a clip it was from, you know, Jurassic park from, you know, with the early nineties and it's, Jeff Goldblum's characters talking about like how uh, the scientists that created the, you know, Jurassic park didn't take into consideration, you know, what could happen with creating these dinosaurs that are now having to live in a time where there are people. And it really like clicked with mm -hmm. me as far as like, Holy shit. Like 
that's kind of like where we are now with not only genetically modified foods, but the scientists going into bat caves and, you know, and name, you know, any, any DARPA project, you know, and it's like, holy, you know, they don't think about the potential outcomes of what could happen. They only think about, you know, what they, you know, like, oh, I need to make it in this science magazine or I, I can, right. I can create this, you know, abomination really is what it is. And, um, right. you know, it's, it's, uh, they just, I, I, I truly think it's like, even if they're not being nefarious, which I think a lot of them are being nefarious, it is all it's they're, 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 they're not thinking things through, you know, they're thinking about one thing and not the other. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And, you know, I think people are so wrapped up in uh, seeking fame or seeking notoriety for, you know, whatever it is that they created that they forget to stop and think about things like that because all of these, uh, you know, like human pig chimera hybrids that they're making or we, and I've told this story before, but um living where we do we don't live too terribly far from a military base there is one remotely close to us and i was sitting outside last summer talking to a friend on the phone and all of a sudden i saw something out of the corner of my eye and i looked down and i'm like what the fuck and it was a toad that had a rat tail and no it was not a tadpole it was a full-grown toad with a rat tail. And I was like, the fuck I climbed up in the bed of my truck and I'm like, I am not getting out until that thing goes away. Uh, not that I'm scared of a toad or a rat, but I don't know what this is because this is not a common thing to see. I don't know what it's capable of. I don't know if they've genetically modified it to be poisonous or what. And I'm like, nope, uh, till that thing goes away out of my sight, I'm not getting out of my truck, you know, because uh, things like that creep me out. Something that they are creating in a laboratory somewhere, I, I have a very big problem with genetically fucking with anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's regardless of whether it's food or not. I mean, that's something that you used to only like think about. You'd see like in, in some kind of like movie or something. And now it's like that yeah. shit actually happens. You know, they're, they're like splicing and dicing these, you know, different animals and creating these hybrids. And it's like, you don't right. think that there's going to be repercussions for this kind of stuff. Like you can't just fuck with nature. You know, nature's going to, going to fuck with you back. It's just, I mean, that's the way it goes. And I just don't understand yeah, like, yeah. why scientists don't understand that. Are they just like past that? Old, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's unreal to me. Or they don't care. Yes. Yeah. They don't care because the federal government's going to give them a shit ton of money for their yeah. <clears throat> research. Pretty much a blank check. You yeah. know, it's pretty much like, yeah. it's like the whole thing with, with uh, like Fauci and the beagles, you know, and, and signing off on that. Right. It's like, any normal person, I don't care if you're if you're not even a dog person, you you know if you're a a normal person, you see that kind of shit and you're like, that's disgusting. You know, how could you do right. that to a dog? You know, it's just exactly. and, and it's like, oh well, it's for science purposes. I'm like, well, then you're fucked up too. Like, if you think that that's okay, then there's something wrong with you. You know. 
But that's the thing that um, I think a lot of people don't know is um, about uh, genetically modifying so many things in our society. Your medications are genetically modified. I mean, they have taken, uh, you know, plant sterols and, and things like that and genetically modified them in a laboratory to give right back to you. Yes. With these quote enhancements, you know, um, with the food, with the medicine, with literally everything. And I mean, especially soybeans, Mm -hmm. um, that's a, that's a big show that I'm doing coming up. Uh, but that is massively, uh, GMO and quote roundup ready. Yes. Which, you know, where it, it does not alter the seed whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can actually soak it in Roundup and it does nothing. Yes, it's disgusting. Um, and then and then that absorbs the Roundup into the seed. And when seeds are Roundup ready and, and GMO, you cannot wash that off. The only, you can't boil it off, nothing like that. The only thing that you can do to reduce the amount of glycosate that's in that. That's the ingredient yeah, that's the for everybody ingredient. that doesn't know. Yes. Yeah. Um, the only way to do anything with that is through fermentation and that's just lessening it. It does not get rid of it completely. Yeah. So that's kind of fucked up. It's, it's super fucked up. And so a couple points on that, it's, you know, and another thing with those Roundup Ready seeds or just Monsanto in general, if you, let's say you're a farmer who buys mo- seeds from Monsanto or Bayer now, and mm-hmm. that you're the farmer next to that person who doesn't, and you have right. a crop that is from somebody else or is a, you know, organic one. If Monsanto wants to come in and test what your crop, if any of that comes back, as what the, their seeds are, then you owe right. Monsanto money or Bayer. That's and, correct. And so that's correct. And, and and to me, I think of like, well, how can they actually prove that? Because with everything in the ground now that like is getting leached off from glyphosate and Roundup and all these chemicals, it's it's going to leach into those seeds on that guy's crop too. I don't even care if he's doing it organic or not. It's going to leach into his soil. Therefore, it's going to leach into his plants. So can Monsanto say at that point, like, oh, well, you have a, a resistant crop to to Roundup now. And so that must have been seed that got dispersed over into here somehow. So now do, do you have to pay Monsanto money. I don't know exactly how that, you know, would work, but it's kind of fishy on how they can just come into a person's property with and say, we're going to take a sample of your crop. And if it comes back testing for these seeds, then you're going to owe us money out of your pocket, which in return, maybe that guy can't afford to pay off hit, you know what he's going to have to owe these chemical companies because of that. And, um, you know, it's funny. We just watched a movie about that. Um, I can't think of what it's called, but Dennis Quaid was in it. And it was about that. Um, you know, about them coming out and testing soil and whatnot. Of course, they were reusing some seeds, which was against contract or whatever, but they're, they have agents that will come out and test and, and they are under contract. If you buy seeds from, 
you know, X, Y, and Z company, you're under contract with them, providing that you follow their, you know, regulations and, and plant properly and, and whatnot. Yes. Yeah. No. And the other thing I had a question for, I wanted to kind of get your opinion on is when you brought up soy, um, the amount of soy that is in all the products that we consume as people that people don't even know is actually in there, like soy lectin for, let's say, um, right. What do you think the repercussions are of, you know, that much people getting that much soy in their bodies, you know, without even knowing that they're doing so. I cannot give away the answer to that because, um, I'm doing a big show with <laughs> Shannon and Ellie yes. uh, on this subject. We were supposed to already have done it, but Miss um, Shannon is under the weather. So, yeah, it got pushed. But, yeah, we are going to cover the whole spectrum yes. um, of soy and the effects on the body and what it does. So, yeah. I'll definitely look be for checking that in it out. an upcoming episode because um, – yeah, there's been a lot of research into that. So yeah, I just think it's it's kind of strange, like how much of it is in like foods that you wouldn't Everything. think it'd be, and you got to really read your labels because you're like, holy crap, that's in there, and you know. So yeah, it's definitely something for people to listen to your show on it, and then you know also look into it. You know, see see how much soy's and stuff. You're yeah. going to be shocked. And with the with the new labeling guidelines that they came up with, um, you will not know about a lot of soy that's going to be in your stuff or any of the other uh, GMO things because, uh, yeah, there's loopholes in this new law. So even if you see the uh, package, that doesn't mean that you're getting all the ingredients. <gasps> kind of like the vaccinations. Right. I know. It's kind of weird how that works. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. No kidding. So, Mr. Adam, it was a pleasure having you today. Please tell everyone where they can find you. Well, Janet, thanks for having me on. You know, I always appreciate, you know, being able to talk to people. And, you know, anytime you want me to have me on, you know, I'm more than willing to come on and talk about farming, gardening, awesome. anything like that. Anything that has to do with self-sufficiency, I'm always game to come on and talk about. Uh, people can find me at my podcast is Trust the Silenced with a D at the end there. Uh, it's on all your major you know, podcast platforms. Uh, if you have Podbean, I'd recommend going to Podbean, but it's on iTunes, Spotify, mm-hmm. Google, all that stuff. So you can find it there. Um, I am on Instagram at Trust the Silenced. And I'm also on Twitter at Trust the Silence. So uh, those are the places you can find me. Uh, I also have an email, Trust the Silence at protonmail.com in case you want to contact me with any questions. Uh, but feel free to do so. And once again, thank you for having me on. And one last thing for you, my dear. Give the listeners like a little idea of what they can do to be more self-sustaining. You know, so what I would do is start a small garden. This spring, uh, you you don't even have to do it from seed. Just go to your local uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmarts, Tractor Supply, any place that you can get, you know, your your stuff like that and get starter plants. And plant, you know, a couple of 
plants that you that you really enjoy. I would say you know, most people I'd recommend getting some kind of tomato and then, you know, go with you know, your usual like basils or, you know, other herbs such as um, depending, you could do uh, cilantro, parsley, depending on where you are, stuff like that. Uh, peppers are always a pretty easy one, but start out with a small mm-hmm. garden and just kind of just do a trial and error. You know, you can, you can pretty much grow crops anywhere. You might have to put a little bit of, you know, compost in with it. Uh, but you can do it. You, it's not that hard. Don't get dug into the weeds where you're planting, you know, 25 different things. Just start small and then gradually work your way up. Go on YouTube, go on your search engines, watch videos, look up stuff. There's forums that you can check out. Go on Telegram. There's a lot of te- Telegram, uh, you know, platforms in there that you can check stuff out and talk to people and bounce ideas off. But I think the the best way to start is by, you know, starting a small garden. And then if you like that, you know, you might venture out and do a bigger garden. You might plant some fruit trees. You might decide you want to do chickens. You might decide you want to do other kind of livestock. You know, you might do lambs, goats, any, you know, there, it, the, the possibilities are endless. And before you know it, you're going to fall in love with this stuff. And, you know, it, you're going to realize that it's going to take work, of course, but it's a, a labor of love is what I like to tell people. And I think that is your best way to be less reliant on having to go to the supermarket and eating crap food and bettering your health. You know, I think, you know, food is a major thing as far as your, not just your, your physical health, but your mental health, everything involved. So I think that's your best way to, to start. Agreed. Very wise words, my dear. I'm going to have you come and, and set me up with the chickens. Oh, any, any <laughs> questions you have anytime, Janet, I'm more than happy to answer them for you and help you out for sure. Hey, and for anybody else out there that's interested in doing that, don't forget about the chicken math. Yes. That's very important yes, to it, remember. It's a real thing. It will happen. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm going to have to get bigger property because <laughs> I'm telling you what, I love animals so much. That's going to be chicken math, pig math, cow math. Oh, it, it's going to be lots of math. You'll start looking into getting all kinds of livestock before you have cattle. You'll, you know, they'll get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you again for joining me. It was a pleasure having you. And I hope that uh, some people get a little bit more knowledge on farming. So there you go. Yes. And thanks again for having me on for sure. Absolutely. So for me and for Adam, we'll see you next time and have a good one. Bye guys.